When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An expedition of discovery up those prodigious streams and their branches might redound as much to the honor and more to the interest of our government than the voyages by sea round the terraqueous globe have done for the polished nations of Europe, who authorize them. Such liberal enterprises will benefit the present season of prosperity and may be expected to succeed best during the reign of peace. Representative Samuel Latham Mitchell. Interest in exploration of the West was not just a passion of President Jefferson or his fellow Virginians, as indicated by this excerpt from a report from the Democratic-Republican representative from New York, who chaired the House Committee on Commerce and Manufacturers in the 8th U.S. Congress. Interest in the region west of the Mississippi River derived from scientific, economic, and geopolitical pursuits. But with the Louisiana Purchase, it was clear that the Lewis and Clark expedition alone would not be sufficient to get a better understanding of those lands that were to play such pivotal roles in American history. It is from this starting point that I welcome you to the Presidencies of the United States. I'm your host, Jerry Landry. Special thanks to my husband, Alex, for providing the intro quote for this episode. As this episode is being released on Valentine's Day 2021, I would be remiss in not expressing how thankful and fortunate I am to have a partner in life who supports me in all of my endeavors, including but not limited to this podcast. Through all the years and all the good times and bad, he's been there, and my life is so much the richer for his presence in it. Avec tout mon cœur, je t'aime mon mari. Now, for those of you who are listening to this episode upon its release, you may notice that the numbering is a bit off. As I was working on this episode, it soon became apparent that it didn't fit exactly where we were in the Jefferson narrative. Rather, it was more about events at the end of his first term. It is my error that I didn't include this material appropriately in the narrative. However, as it is important to the continuation of our narrative, I decided to correct the error by releasing the special episode. With that said, let us continue. The Mitchell Report had two specific recommendations to make in terms of where another expedition should explore, the Red River and the Arkansas River. Though both of these rivers were known to be tributaries flowing into the Mississippi River, their origins were unknown, and it could possibly be that one or both, would provide a viable path west to the Pacific Ocean. To that end, Jefferson wrote on March 13, 1804, to someone with whom he had maintained a correspondence that Jefferson himself had initiated in 1799. William Dunbar, who had been born into the Scottish nobility, left Europe behind at the age of 22 for what was then British North America and entered into the fur trade. When the American Revolution began, Dunbar moved to the then-British-controlled colony of West Florida, and establish a plantation in Baton Rouge. After enjoying moderate success with, quote, a factory operation specializing in making staves, the wooden slats and barrels, which were in high demand for the rum trade in the Caribbean, with the labor being carried out by enslaved individuals who Dunbar treated with a heavy hand. When Spain took back control of West Florida and imposed stricter rules on slave importation and rights than had the British, Dunbar moved in 1792 to Natchez, getting, quote, 
a grant of 1,000 acres for free in exchange for, quote, an oath of allegiance to Spain. As noted by historian Julie Fenster, quote, as a further inducement, laws regarding the treatment of slaves were reduced or suspended in the region. It would be this move and Dunbar's appointment as Surveyor General of the Natchez District by the Spanish government that would get Jefferson's attention. The then Vice President wrote to Dunbar in 1799 asserting that, quote, We possess little which can be relied on relating to the part of the continent you inhabit, except its mere geography. Its natural history is but little known. Accounts, too, of the Indians of those regions would be very acceptable to the curious. Any information you would be so good as to favor me with on these subjects would be thankfully received. By March 1804, Jefferson, now as president, wrote to Dunbar about a paper that Dunbar had written on the Mississippi River, as well as informing him of his intentions to have surveys done of some of the primary tributaries feeding into the Mississippi, as, quote, these several surveys will enable us to prepare a map of Louisiana, which in its contour and main waters will be perfectly correct and will give us a skeleton to be filled up with details hereafter. Then, in almost a casual aside towards the end of the letter, the president threw in that, quote, As you live so near to the point of departure of the lowest expedition, and possess and can acquire so much better the information which may direct that to the best advantage, I have thought, if Congress should authorize the enterprise, to propose to you the unprofitable trouble of directing it. Though expressing his concerns that Congress may adjourn and leave the business to another year, Jefferson did share with Dunbar some thoughts as to what the expedition would look like. As noted by Fenster, quote, At the time, Dunbar didn't respond to the invitation. Living at the edge of disputed territory, he was acutely aware that the Spanish were prepared to turn back interlopers or shoot them and bring back their ears. Just over a month later, though, Jefferson wrote to Dunbar again. Congress had appropriated $3,000 to an expedition, and quote, As this is a very scanty provision, even for a single party, I've concluded to apply it to the most interesting part of the country, the Arkansas and Red Rivers. Though Jefferson asserted that, quote, Time has not permitted me to await your permission, he was sure that Dunbar would accept a leadership role in this expedition, quote, Presuming on your attachment to science and attainments in it and the dispositions to aid it. Further, Jefferson had already recruited someone else to aid in the expedition. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dr. George Hunter, a chemist by trade, was described by Fenster's, quote, a Scot who made his home in Philadelphia, who was a rare tourist for his day. The locale that he toured? You guessed it. The Trans-Appalachian West. He traveled west with a friend in 1796, journeying down the Ohio River all the way to the Mississippi River and became, quote, one of the very few Americans at that time to have been as far as St. Louis. In addition to the voyage itself, Hunter had originally been interested in land, as were many prominent Americans from the East. But by 1804, quote, he was looking for any substance that could be mined for a profit. Thus, Hunter was eager to engage in an expedition to the West and quickly signed on in April. The harder sell, however, would prove to be Dunbar. 
Dunbar wrote Secretary of War Dearborn, asserting that he was not qualified to lead an expedition such as the one Jefferson was proposing. Further, he felt that the administration would be hard-pressed to find anyone in the West that was qualified. They needed trained army officers and soldiers for such an undertaking. Dearborn wrote back giving Dunbar permission to draw on army personnel stationed and post in the West if he would just stay with the expedition and help to organize it from Natchez. Thus, Dunbar was on hand when Hunter and his son arrived on July 25th, and together they worked to make their final preparations. Meanwhile, a new complication arose. As described by Fenster, quote, In August, the nebulous borderland between Natchitoches, Louisiana, and Nagadoches, Texas, was riled with hostilities on both sides, effectively closing travel past Natchitoches to Americans without special passports. The obvious conclusion was that an expedition along the Red River would be regarded as an encroachment and stopped. Around the same time, Dunbar received a letter from Jefferson warning him of intelligence received about possible hostile native forces in the area of the Red River and giving Dunbar permission, quote, to suspend this expedition till this spring. Dunbar, however, had another idea. Dunbar had already expressed an interest to Jefferson in exploring the Washita River, another tributary separate from the Red River, and thus the explorer merely shifted their preparations towards that goal as the Washita was already at its most navigable state for the year. Again from Fenster, quote, The Washita expedition remained a crucial step for Jefferson and significant for American science. That river, that boulevard, was in recently foreign territory, making any official expedition there an incident of serious intent. According to some reports, the territory there was already in peril. Though the backup plan, the expedition up the Washita would provide valuable information for the government in Washington on what was unquestionably American soil. Like with the Lewis and Clark expedition, we won't go into the details of the actual expedition. Within our scope, what you need to know is that it set off from Natchez on October 16, 1804, and lasted for three months. Fenster described the expedition as, quote, a victory in the effort to take possession of the far side of the Mississippi. With the return of Hunter and Dunbar, tugging stacks of journals stuffed with observations on the ecology of the Washita watershed, the United States had proof that it had started west in the new territory. More than just a smattering of settlers, the government itself had taken the initiative and arrived with a claim of interest on the Washita. To an even greater extent than Lewis and Clark, the leaders of the Washita expedition set a standard for reporting in an academic context. Jefferson, however, would not just have to settle for a report on the West, for Lewis and Clark had arranged for the president to get a first-hand account of life west of the Mississippi River. In Jefferson's instructions to Meriwether Lewis, he had urged Lewis, quote, to offer the Osage chief a free trip to Washington. In the parlance of the time, Jefferson was to be presented to the Osage as their new great father and the trip would allow the leader of the Osage an opportunity, quote, to meet the new father and to be impressed by the power and numbers of the Americans. The Osage were known to settlers and traders along the Missouri River and were one of the first peoples that the Corps of Discovery knew they would meet on their journey. Thus, Lewis, in making his arrangements for the Osage party to travel overland to Washington, D.C., also prepared a package for Jefferson, which included, quote, mineral specimens, a horned lizard, a chart of the Mississippi from St. Louis to New Orleans, and a map of Upper Louisiana done by Clark and Lewis. 
The party set off on May 19, 1804, and by early July, they arrived in the nation's capital. As described by Fenster, quote, The Osages were the city's very first sensation as Jefferson showed them around and showed them off. As his predecessors had done, Jefferson delivered an official address to the Osage party. Quote, The theme of Jefferson's remarks to the Osages, The Americans were coming. It is here that we will leave matters. Don't worry, there will be much more to come about the state of the West and the Jefferson administration, as well as future expeditions. Until then, I'd like to again thank my husband Alex for providing the intro quote for this episode. For sources used in this episode, as well as past episodes, check out the website at presidencies.blueberry, that's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. If you have a moment at the end of this episode, please be sure to leave a rating review wherever you're listening to this podcast from, as it greatly helps in bringing new listeners to the podcast. Special thanks to all of our patrons for your support in ensuring that this podcast remains freely available to everyone. Thanks also to the Itinerant Band, who graciously allowed us the use of clips from their rendition of Jefferson and Liberty as the intro and outro music for this series. If you don't already, feel free to connect with me on social media. I can be found on Facebook at Presidencies, on Twitter at Presidencies89, and on Instagram at Presidencies Podcast. That's all one word. Until next time, stay safe and healthy, be kind to one another, and take care, dear friends. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.